yeah, like like I said in the Bhagavad Gita, which of course it's always wh where you take your knowledge from, because either you have direct experience, yeah, uh, or you have some kind of authority which you believe in, isn't it? Yeah. Um, or you have your own imagination and your own ideas, but nevertheless, what is the truth? And like you say, like um, God is a transcendental concept which with our mind and intellect can't be perceived and understood because it is beyond the perception of our intellect and our mind. Yeah. And yep. therefore you have to take, yeah, either the, either the, it's called Pramanas. Pramanas means like source of, of wisdom, source of um, knowledge and which source of knowledge you take. Um, and one source of knowledge are of course, the ancient scriptures like the Vedas and the revealed knowledge which is given by the masters which had direct experience of God um, in his form aspect and in his formless aspect. So I can just say um, the Bhagavad Gita, which is definitely one of the major scriptures in the Hindu tradition or uh, the probably most commented scripture all over the world on, uh, which speaks about life itself. It's beyond religion and anything yeah? like the Hindu tradition in general is. But there is many statements about the cosmic form of God. So you see, it, it is a philosophical discussion where, which which can be interesting. But in the end of the day, um, the question is always: What does philosophy? actually bring us and what does it practically mean because otherwise we're just getting lost in food for thought and who is right and who is wrong um if i ask my guru dev like who's here from Vishwananda, if you ask him what is the highest religion or what is the highest form of god or whatever he will say love yeah it's love it's pure love unconditional love and that love is manifested as Krishna, as Narayana, Rama, etc., etc. But now we are going already in into a specific direction where it is attributed with a certain form, with certain leelas, with certain um, how to say divine plays and um, names, mantras. So you said, for example, the name, like speaking about is degradating it almost. Yeah, you say, which I can understood, understand what you mean in a sense of words will never um, be sufficient to explain the unexplainable. Yeah, Lim yep. it's a limited tool again to describe something unlimited that doesn't work. But nevertheless, um, we have received the name of God and the name of God, Shapta Brahman, this, the vibrational sound of the name of God is as God himself. Shapta Brahma is Parabrahma. Um, as you know, everything is a vibration, everything is energy. Yeah, if you take a glass of water, you, it's HO2 in a liquid form vibrating in a certain frequency. If you cool it down, it becomes a block of ice. Um, it's still HO2. 
um, just vibrating in a lower frequency. If you heat it up, it becomes steam. You might not see it, but still HO2 vibrating in a higher frequency. Mm-hmm. In that sense, everything is a vibration. Everything, every thought, every word, every action is a vibration. And what is the highest vibration is, that's why mantras, I don't know if you have heard about mantras, I, mm-hmm. I guess you have, mm-hmm. like you're having the, the, the root mantra on your shirt, yeah? <laughs> the, the omkar, the, the holy, the, the syllable om. And a mantra is, is a vibration where, for example, om, om is God himself. Om Namo Narayanaya. Narayana, that vibration is the fullness of God. It contains everything. You might not perceive the fullness. I might not perceive it. But if you keep on practicing a certain mantra, a certain vibration, getting more and more in tune with it, like meditating on the Om constantly, like meditating on Om Namo Narayanaya, more and more you will get in tune with that vibration till it is revealed that that word vibration is the fullness itself yeah wow yeah it's almost like our bodies are like a tuning instrument that you can you can kind of calibrate yourself to these frequencies and it's possible i definitely believe it i've done it and you just feel the difference it's like after a little repetition and discipline with it there is a certain sense of um tuning with mantra there is. Uh, I don't. How much? How much do you chant every day? Oh, a few hours. Yeah. Okay. That's. I don't do that. I don't do it daily for a few hours, but I could definitely see the benefit of it for sure. So you do that every day to tune yourself to the frequency of the divine of God. Well, you see, there's, there's, yes. The answer is yes on one level. Um, and on the other hand, it is, you see, you have to understand the path of devotion has, um, has a certain psychology behind. Mm-hmm. And the psychology behind is um, you want to create a love relationship. You want to, to live a love relationship with your beloved. So you have heard about yoga. Definitely. Yeah. Everybody has heard about yoga. Many people practice yoga. There's many different yoga paths. The main paths being karma yoga, jnana yoga, raja yoga or stanga yoga. And there's all kinds of kundalini yoga and tons of other yogas which have been invented by the Western world by now. But yoga itself means to unify. And Every yoga path tries to unify the limited self, what we think to be with the ultimate, what we truly are. And bhakti yoga, it is said in the Bhagavad Gita, in the ancient scriptures, Krishna, which is God himself incarnated, says that amongst those yoga paths, they're all very valuable and they're all very good. But bhakti is the easiest path, the highest path, the most pleasurable path, and in short, the best. Why? <laughs> because not everybody can do selfless service and forget themselves completely, like in karma yoga. Not everybody can 
contemplate and forget them completely and, and study the Vedas and realize something, but everybody is capable to love. Love is just our nature. And in Bhakti, it is all about a love relationship. And we all had love relationships with our parents, with animals, with nature, with um, partners, with children, etc., etc. So we know about love and how it is when we are in love. You know how it is when, when you're in love? The world is just amazing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So in Path of Bhakti, it's about the love relationship with God. So now love relationship is something we know. The only thing which is a little bit abstract is God. So who is God? What is God? That's where we started off somehow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And well, I guess neither you nor I think that God is an old man sitting on a cloud with a long beard. Um, but I believe that God is all pervading inside of you, inside of me, and all pervading and even beyond. Yeah, and that's actually what the word Narayana means. Narayana means the one who is within everything and everything is within him. So if bhakti, the path of love and devotion, is to create a love relationship with God, and God is within you and me and within everything, bhakti marga, the path of love and devotion, means in, first, in the first point, to create a love relationship with whom? What would Yourself. you say? Yourself. Very well said. <laughs> because most of the people say with everything, which is true. But like Christ said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you can't love and accept yourself fully, whom are you going to love? What are, going, what are you going to give if you don't have it? So in this path, it is... The first point is realize that you are this divine spark. Realize this love, what you are. Love and accept yourself fully with your positive sides, with your negative sides. See that divine spark. And once you learn to love yourself more, once you see that divine spark more inside of yourself, then you will more and more see it within others, within animals, within nature, within everything. Narayana, Narayana, Narayana. And that same love will then be an expression all over. So it's creating a love relationship with yourself, with your neighbors, with nature, with life itself. Love life itself, if you want. Mm -hmm. Yep, love brings love. Yes, it's the only thing which multiplies when you share it. <laughs> yes, yes, it's beautiful. I like that, the divine spark. How did you come to find the divine spark in you? Uh, well, the question is first, have I found it? <laughs> it seems like you've touched upon it. I have touched upon it, definitely, yes. <laughs> um, you see, when you endeavor on the spiritual path, at least for me, before I met my spiritual master before I met Paramahamsa Vishwananda, I was seeking already for decades. Yeah? 
practicing all kinds of yoga, traveling around the world, traveling to India, meeting different masters, etc., etc. And it was all good, it was all helpful. But once I met him, something changed. Like yeah. that's 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 the beauty of the Satguru. Satguru means the true master, the the which you have this eternal relationship from. And since I am on this path with with him, with my master in this path of love and devotion, and I have dedicated myself every day by doing my practice, every day by asking myself, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? By getting into the silence, by listening, by trying to let, yeah, let this self awaken itself. It's not, a, it's not a mental, because the mental answer I have, I had the mental answer already 20 years ago. I've read many books, and you can read that anywhere. And even though 20 years ago I thought I know it all, after 13 years with my master going deep into that, I can say that every day this, I'm touching more on it, Every day I'm getting to know myself more. It reveals itself more. And the more it reveals itself, the more I realize that I have no bloody clue who I truly am. <laughs> yeah, the more you know, the more you know that you don't know, right? Something like that, yes. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. That's the path, that's the journey right there. You described it pretty well. So is a guru somebody for you that almost like knows who you are more than you know who you are? Definitely. Well, a, a guru or the Satguru, you see, guru means only, it's two, composed of two syllables. Guru, which means darkness and light. And the guru is somebody who brings light to darkness, who enlightens, who gives certain awakening yeah and um in the indian tradition anybody is a guru yeah like your parents are a guru uh any teacher is a guru you yourself are a guru in your lives and a student because we are teaching and learning all the time so we are all gurus and teachers at the same time uh teachers and students at the same time and like you are in school, you're having different levels, elementary school, secondary school, university, masters, etc. So also on the spiritual path, you have different teachers, different gurus, a book can be your guru, anything can be your guru. But then there's the concept of the Satguru. The word Sat means truth. And the Satguru is somebody who has realized, who knows the ultimate truth and who is here to guide his disciple to the ultimate truth. That's the only purpose for those beings to incarnate. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So if you ask me if such a being knows myself better than I do, definitely. If you ask me if any other guru in my history knows, no, because there are many teachers which I had some of them might have known me better, uh, some not, but 
the Sadhguru definitely knows mm. better than I do. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm always so interested in the that the idea of other people's Sadhguru or Guru because I don't have one. At, I guess at this point, like at least I've never met a embodied physical, you know, Guru where I'm. I step into the room and I'm like, whoa, there's something about this person, right? So was that how it went for you? Like you, you had, you know, many teachers and read many books and have an extensive practice. But when you first met uh, your Satguru, was there something like a shift or a change that happened? Oh, yeah, definitely. It was probably the most important moments of my life, I would say. Yeah, see, that's very uh, profound. That's that's a, such a profound statement and so foreign to the popular paradigm of today. You know, I don't even know if people can really picture that. Like, what do you think? Like, you know, the um, the saying, isn't it like uh, the teacher appears when the student is ready? Do you think there's like a certain point where we get to where the guru approaches us? And it's like, you know, it's like it's like all paths lead to the sat guru type of thing. Yeah, well, because. Yes, I would say yes, because the the external master awakens the inner master. And as much as we have to do our part, our spiritual practice, and as much as we can grow on our own, and we should do our part, yeah, we shouldn't become complacent and and neglecting. Uh, in the end of the day, this the grace of the master which will give you the final achievement. Yeah, and this you can see in many other traditions also, which speak pretty much about the same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting to me. What could you describe like the feeling that you get? Is it like a, everything will be okay? Or just there's just like this weight lifted off your shoulders? When you meet your master? Yeah. Oh, I think that 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 can be so different. I have met so many people with so many different stories, and I have said it was the most important moment of my life. I haven't said necessarily it was the the best moment of my life, like in the mm -hmm. sense of like the the most uh, beautiful experience. Because you see, the spiritual master is here to to lift us up and to um yeah beyond our mental concepts and i must say the master sometimes is is challenging you or if not all the time and brings out also it's like when you do your spiritual practice a lot of dirt comes out also yeah a lot of purification is happening and that's not always the most pleasant thing in the moment that it comes out it's not the most pleasant thing but once you are through and you look back you see actually oh my god what what a grace that i could go through this so yeah um when i met him the first time it was there was something uh there was something definitely because um, but I have met many other masters before him, and um, I'm very grateful to all of them. But there was always something like I knew that they were not my my Sadhguru. Once I understood that concept by 
yeah, traveling through India, uh, I don't know if you definitely or maybe have heard about the autobiography of, of a yogi from Paramahamsa Yogananda, mm -hmm. where he very beautifully describes his journey. I don't know, you have read yep. that. Um, and for example, there you can also see uh, Yogananda, he met many saints. Yeah, he met many saints the levitating saint, the saint in two bodies, etc., etc. But none of them was his Sadhguru. Yeah. But yeah. when he walked through the roads, he he saw this lion, he saw Sri Yukteswar Giri, and he just felt like he has to, to fall to his feet, like he belongs to him. So this can be one way of meeting your guru. I know people who know him, my spiritual master, since more than 25 years and now they're coming along and saying i had to go all these rounds till i have finally realized that it was always you who guided me <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. so there's there's this extreme from an instant instant flaming up and realization i belong to you and then there's this other way where you can go all kinds of different directions still where you belong you belong there is no nothing changes that and yeah. so for me it was uh it was a nice moment in the beginning then i had a interview with him i had some conversation which brought out a lot of different things and then i had a darshan which was a blessing and that again calmed the waters and made things more and more clear uh, I don't want it's a little bit a long story so i don't know whatever you want to focus on um yeah otherwise. no i get it yeah I, I get it that was definitely definitely um informative <laughs> now are these people uh, when i say these people like you know people like uh, yogananda babaji sri yaktiswar uh your guru whose name actually what, what's his name again paramhamsa vishwananda Paramahamsa Vishwananda. Okay. Oswami Vishwananda. Okay. So are these yeah. people on that God frequency at all times? Like they are just tuned in at, like their incarnation here is specifically to be a son slash daughter of the divine and to bring others along? Uh, well, I, I would say so. I, I cannot speak about everybody because of course there's, different masters at different levels with different realizations yeah um and don't judge not to be judged so i shouldn't judge myself shouldn't judge others so i have definitely no no qualification to to judge under brackets uh spiritual master but yeah the concept is definitely that that a satguru for for my understanding uh for the understanding of this path is either somebody who is in tune with God consciousness, who is has unified his consciousness with the divine consciousness and therefore is aware of what God is aware of. Yeah. Or even another step higher is God himself, which has taken a human form like yeah. and that's the idea of Avatar. Yeah, not the movie Avatar but uh, like the, the divine incarnation. And that's in the Hindu tradition is a very common, common thing where uh, Krishna says in the Gita, whenever there's 
a decline of righteousness, um, then he will come forth. Yeah. And many have been his incarnations. Some are very well known, like Rama or Krishna, probably heard, but also Christ or Buddha. Or, like there's uncountable incarnations in the, the, the scriptures speak about the manifestations of God are uncountable. Some are known, some are unknown. Which one is now the divine itself incarnated and which one is a human which has become uh, united with the divine that, uh, yeah, that is, that depends with whom you talk, of course, because, mm -hmm. um, yeah, if you ask me about my guru, I would definitely say he's the latter, but um, I leave that as a mystery. Which, which I'm here to realize, um, I definitely see that the transformation which could happen through his grace, the love which has awakened and keeps on awakening within is just beyond any, anything I could, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Beyond comprehension, I guess, to a certain extent, it's beyond, beyond comprehension, beyond yeah. comprehension, beyond beyond gratitude. I don't even know how to express it. It's just like it's. Let's yeah. say my 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 life at his feet is a very small token for what I receive. Mm. That's beautiful. Do you now? What was the Gita passage that you just quoted? It's that the. It's pretty much you said the, he incarnates here when he needs to. Yeah, it's in, in chapter four, verse seven, where he says, Yada, yada, hi dharma siya glanir bhavati bharata abhutyanama dharma siya shi jamyaham. That's where Krishna speaks exactly about this point that whenever there's a decline in righteousness, then he will come forth to create again a balance. Mm. Um, because you see, this is a dual world. There will always be light and shadow, day and night, cold and warm, suffering and happiness, war and peace. Um, so this duality is, is just the nature of the dual reality has duality, otherwise it wouldn't be a dual reality. Yeah? And therefore, this is always a balance between Dharma and Adharma, yeah? righteousness, unrighteousness. Whenever there is unrighteousness, it's too much out of balance, then he takes a human form to bring again the message, to wage war against the, the evil-minded, to whatever way to create again kind of the balance, yeah, to mm -hmm. equal it out. And then it will again swap and it will again swap for all eternity. This will go on. Um, and he will come and remind us and we will forget and he will come and he will remind us <laughs> and we will forget and he will come and will remind us. That's the cycle, it seems. Yeah. Uh, do you believe that this is the end of uh, Kali Yuga and it's kind of correlated with that and we're moving toward a new Yuga, which is uh, has more to do with you know, the enlightenment feeling, kind of uh, a remembrance in a way? Um, you mean our times? Yes. 
uh, <laughs> no, I don't believe. I don't believe that. Like, let's say, like this, you, you have to give uh, would have to give context to that concept. You see, the the yugas, the cycles, which the cosmic cycles of time, um, which the Hindu tradition speaks of, the the iron uh, epoch, the Kali Yuga, the Dwarpara Yuga, the Treta Yuga, and the Satya Yuga. It's um, if you take it the Vedic concept, then the Kali Yuga lasts for about 432,000 years. Yeah. And the last Kali Yuga has started with the departure of Sri Krishna, which has departed about 5,000 years ago from this world. Mm, so yeah? we just started. So basically, 432,000 minus 5,000 is about still 427,000 to go. So I wouldn't say that Kali Yuga is about to finish. Now, what does it mean that we are doomed to a dark age? Uh, no, because it always depends from which viewpoint you, you look at it. If you take, for example, Sri Yukteswagir's calculation, he took the calculation of the, the solar system, which is turning around a black hole or, or a planet. Yeah. And therefore, his calculation is differently. According to his calculation, we are in Varpara Yuga in, in, in that calculation. So there's everybody has his own cycles, and then the planetary system has a cycle, and there's the cosmic cycle. And the closer you are to the center, to the light, the more elevated is the spiritual realization, etc. Now, my master says, Swami Vishwananda or Guruji, how I call him, says that even though we are on a cosmic level in Kali Yuga, in this dark age, where the consciousness of people is very materialistic, uh, very limited, very yeah, engrossed in this material world, even though that is the general reality, if each person has the choice, if you have your mind dedicated towards God and towards a higher truth, then even though you're being physically in the Kali Yuga, you dwell in Satya Yuga, you dwell in the golden age. Mm. So that's an individual thing. Even though we are in the Kali age, everybody can be spiritually in another reality. You, you understand kind of what yeah. I mean? Mm -hmm. And the Kali Yuga is therefore actually a very, um, it's a very great opportunity. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not that we are doomed. No, on the other hand, we are actually very fortunate because um, it is said that in this dark age, by the mere chanting of God's name, Harinam, Harinam, Harinama Eva Kevalam, you chant God's name, you have the remembrance of God constantly in your mind that will get you to him. You don't need to do deep austerities, and great fire sacrifices and and whatever. No, you just need to remember God as much as possible. That's why coming back to your question before, do you do your chanting to get in tune with him? Yes, but also because I know that that is the ultimate reality um, and it will get me closer to him 
and it's less about me being closer to him it's more like i want to live this love relationship with him yeah mm -hmm. so that's that's the the main point and like everything links together mm -hmm. because so you, you want to have this relationship which is really just a relationship with yourself because is it, does it bring you more peace like kind of give you like a sense of direction but you see that the question comes always back who am i you see when 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 that is the question then it's like if you say gives me a sense of peace yes but uh, what gives you a sense of peace if if you release more and more your egoistic mindset and if you get more and more rid of your uh, self-centeredness and of your desires that will get, definitely give you peace as long as you have strong attachment you will never attain peace so um god is the ultimate he is the the enjoyer and the one who enjoys yeah he's the lover and the beloved so um yes it gives me peace it gives this identification of what my my physical identification of I, Swami Aniruddha, in this body, in this mindset, um, son of so-and-so, brother of so-and-so. Yes, it gives me peace. Um, but ultimately, it's just, I know that this identification of me, when we speak about that me, that is just a limited me. That is not who I truly am. Yes. Because mm -hmm. who I truly am is that love. Who I truly am is the eternal loving servant of the ultimate. That's why I do it and I want to live this love relationship more intensely because it is the actual ultimate essence and truth of who I am and what the undecaying reality is. It's mm. truth, even if I don't perceive it. Truth was, is and will always be. If I believe it, if I don't believe it, who am I? What's the purpose of life itself, of lives itself? Like, why are we here? What is life about? And there it's just very clear. It's about realizing your eternal love relationship with God. If you go to the forest and if you see a tree which has fallen down. If it's just merely connected to the roots and there's some life in it, you will see how another branch is reaching out upwards towards the light, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I just visited a friend lately. He had some flowers on the balcony, a roof over it. And I saw these flowers like making a big arch reaching out towards the light. Because that is life. Life is always the striving, the seeking for the ultimate, for light, for love. This life, what we have inside, what you have inside, is striving for that light, for that love. We might call it in different names. We might think to find it in different ways. But in the end, we all want that. To be who we truly are. Wow, that was beautiful. It's all about love, huh? It's all about love. 
That's <laughs> why a, yeah. the main slogan is just love. Mm -hmm. It's it's so simple, isn't it? It seems so simple, yet we complicate it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot easier said than done, or is it? I don't know. It just seems like this. Uh, you know the the illusion of Maya is very thick right now. It's really easy yeah, to get well, sucked in. Well, that's why that's why it's important to firstly you see that's if you simplicity in life you know and simplicity doesn't mean that you can't have a big house and a big car and a lot of money i don't mean simplicity running around in wrecks simplicity is simplicity of the mind and simplicity of the mind is connected to three main points for my understanding the first point is who am i keep on asking that question who am i who, who is this person? Who is Gary? Who is Gary? I don't know. Yeah. And like, if you take the Bhagavad Gita, like this is with the commentary of my Guruji. Um, if you take the Bhagavad Gita, it speaks actually about life. It speaks about your life, my life, all our lives. In the first chapter, it is all about like you just said, when Maya sucks you up, when you get depressed, when you don't know what to do, when, you, when you're not able to overcome your limitations and you are actually coming even to a point of almost giving up. That is how the hero, Arjuna, is in the first chapter. And once he has finished his expressing his whining and his depression and his not wanting to carry on in life um, he actually comes to krishna which is god or the spiritual master and he says please instruct me show me the way so that's that's a very important step and that's in, in in chapter 2 verse 7 where he actually the first time he realizes i don't have all the answers he puts aside this arrogance of thinking that I know it all. Mm -hmm. And he's actually saying, please show me the way. And now the first thing which Krishna does, the first thing what the master does is asking this question, who are you? And you have to understand that you are not this body. You are not this mind. You are the eternal self. You are the Atma. And that Atma is Satchitananda. That Atma is that bliss. So don't get caught up. Remember always that even if it's just mentally, that already the mental conviction that you are not just a physical body or your thoughts or your emotion, but they are all just expressions of something, like how you see life, like different putting different glasses on. When you're deeply in love, you put on the pink glasses. Everything is beautiful, right? Your boss can be good or bad. You don't care. If your partner gives, leaves you, then you put on the black glasses and you become depressed. The world hasn't changed, but you put different glasses on. You see it through a different lens. But you are not these pairs of glasses. You are the one who wears the glasses. You are the one who wears this body, who is here to make those experiences. Don't get caught up. Experience it enjoy it but know there's always ups and downs so know who you are first point remember who you are second point 
know what you want. What do you want in life? Gary, what would you want if I would ask you, what do you want? Peace and liberation, I guess. I know that's very vague terms, but... Yeah. Well, I think peace is less vague than liberation. Liberation is a nice concept, but we don't even know what it means. Hmm. But if you say peace, I guess you mean it because you feel it on your skin. When you are unease, when you are in... in agitated or not at peace it's like something which you really want you want to be more in peace more centered in yourself more in tune with life with yourself i don't know like yeah just more uh yeah more on that wavelength of uh not getting sucked into the illusion you know i want to be at that I mean, I, I know we always are, but to actually resonate at that frequency that you spoke about of, you know, that I am this divine uh, just incarnation here and to fully fathom that and to fully live on that wavelength, that mm -hmm. to me is peace to really be, mm -hmm. to be situated, yes, as this physical vessel, but <clears throat> at the same time, knowing in the back of my head that it's all good. This is all just uh, this is God's play. And that I am ultimately the one that the play is being put on for like, I am truly the witness. But I'm not always at that, you know, and Absolutely. I think I can speak and attest to a lot of other people that are on the path is that we're not always at that, even though we know it's a great ideal to aspire to. It's not something that I'm at yet maybe not in this lifetime who knows maybe in the next one but we'll it's it's like uh it's an it's definitely a uh, i guess a goal that i'd like to reach is just more more just going with the flow you know more of just like okay it's all good and uh yeah like i said i know that it's there and it's a good ideal but i'm not not at that yet you know but we'll no, but, but that's not that's not the point like i i said like for for fulfilled life i um because you said before it's easy said but difficultly difficult to live and you kind of confirm that now with with the point of i'm not always there yet well but that's the point if you would be there yet uh, there wouldn't be the yeah. need for for living it yeah so mm -hmm. um you see that's why having it clear and for example what you said now um the peace the being with the flow all of this is part of realizing your true self yeah it is once you are in tune with your true self which uh atma kriya acting with in in with the awareness of your true self not with your limited self but with your true self once you're in tune with your true self, then there's another step where it's actually God realization, the relationship with God. But even the realization of your true self and being in tune with that, that's a very inspiring, aspiring goal. So first step is, I know who I am. I am this true self. Second step is, what do I want? And if all your goals, peace, being in the flow is connected with realizing your true self that's actually chapter two of the gita again where krishna says yes you're right gary you're right 
that's <laughs> how you got that's how you got to the solution mm. then the third point is what is bringing me closer to the realization of my goal which thoughts which words which actions are bringing me closer to it which association is bringing me closer to it yeah and then you build your life around that as much as possible because not everything is in our power but at least you live consciously towards a clear goal yeah that's all you can do that's all we should do and the more you remember that goal the more you remember god because this divine spark inside of you if you remember that you remember where it belongs to mm -hmm. and yeah. i'm telling you your, your your point of like it's difficult it's it is all in here you see on on chapter 2 verse 14 i'm just giving you the reference if you ever want to 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 inquire and read it um krishna says to arjuna arjuna which is you me everybody in this world he says oh but life yeah life is so there is this ups and downs and krishna says yes as long as you are bodily identified you will always feel ups and downs happiness and misery just know that they will end every good time will have an end every bad time will have an end so don't worry just do one thing endure it keep on going keep on focusing on what you truly want and why you're truly here and live for that and then you will see that everything in your life your job your family, your relationships, everything is actually a support to get closer to that. Everything mm -hmm. becomes an answer to your prayer. Everything becomes an opportunity. Even the greatest trouble becomes an opportunity. And that's how you start to set the mind in the right direction. And don't see the glass half empty, but you see it half full. You see that there's a divine play to it. There's, and it's not just some mental thing. No, you actually train yourself in that of really living it. Because you know to some extent it is the truth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, That's wonderful. It's all perspective. It's all perspective, yeah. Well, that's probably a good point to wrap this thing up at, but I have one last question for you. You asked me what I want. What do you want? What I want, I want to love and serve eternally. That's awesome. Keep it simple, right? Yeah, that's beautiful. I think you're doing a good job of it. <laughs> thank you that was grace well um yeah thanks for coming on here thanks for anybody that listened this long have any last words other than that um yeah i want to thank you also for this invitation it was a pleasure i'm also just it's always nice to to meet people who are uh, wanting to to explore, to grow, to discover. 
and I invite also everybody who is here. You invited Gary to actually meet my spiritual master because I can say all of those things have taken on form and have become more and more reality instead of theory through the grace of my spiritual master. He's still alive. Uh, he's still around. He's giving online blessings. He's available in different ways. Um, so I invite everybody to just meet him either physically or online um, to engage and read the Bhagavad Gita because it's just life itself. It's so deep. And yeah, I invite you to, to join or to discover this path, which I'm following on, if you want, on the webpage, bhaktimarga.org or whatever. Like, I, I'm most happy if you find your path. And of course, I will here share what I have found. And that's the minimum I can do. The love, what he has awakened inside of me, um, invite you to also discover it and take this opportunity. In that sense, that's my... Awesome. Yeah. Where is uh, where is he located? In Germany too? In Germany, we are located near Frankfurt, but they're about also to create a center or ashram in uh, New York State, uh, a god brother of mine, Swami Tulsidasananda. Um, then there's also an ashram in India and in Italy. So there's the main center is here in Germany, but there's many places temples and sanghas or communities of people who are on the same path all over the world with different practices which are available to everybody and yeah where everybody can just get a taste of it and see if it's for him or her or not or yeah whatever awesome yeah the door is open the doors are open you just gotta walk through it yourself that's the thing <laughs> be patient stance <laughs> well thank you very much swami this was a wonderful talk this is very profound really enjoyed it um yeah hope everybody else enjoyed it that listened and other than that peace out and namaste very good day all the best <laughs>